You're listening to the Weekly Sermon Podcast from Liberty Family Church. For more information about our church, head to the website, libertyfamilychurch.net.au. This morning, uh, you'd probably recall Joel and Laura, they're having a a well-earned break, and so they're away at the moment, and hopefully, I'm sure they are really enjoying themselves and unwinding spending time together as family, which is always very, very important. But it also provides an opportunity. We have a guest speaker this morning, and it's my privilege to introduce uh, Chris. Now, when Joel sent around the the note saying, you know, Chris is coming and who'd like to introduce him? I said, yeah, yeah, okay, I'll introduce him. But who is he? Tell me about him. I I don't think we've ever met before, have we? I don't think so, no. So anyway, yeah, (laughs) Uh I have contacts. So I asked Joel, well, okay, I'm happy to introduce him, but um, you're going to have to tell me something about him. And so Joel wrote an introduction. I thought, well, blow it, I'm not going to rewrite it, so I'll just read it out. (laughs) So here we go. Chris Blacker is the men's and life groups pastor at Life Ministry Church, Churnside Park and has been serving Jesus on staff there for almost 22 years. That's a good run. Chris is a devoted husband and father, and while not pastoring, Chris also works on the odd occasion at a certain well-known chain hardware store that's a big green shed, I understand. Uh, Do you work at the one just near LMC? Uh Uh-huh. Very handy. (laughs) Yeah, and you also work for a general maintenance company doing commercial and residential jobs. A lot of spare time, obviously. My goodness. Busy, busy man. But Chris also loves nothing more than getting out and about and exploring our beautiful nation. And we were talking just before, actually, about a trip that he did with his family around Australia. Six months, I think you said, so sounds good. He loves his four-wheel drive and getting out in the bush and enjoying all of that he also and this is the sad part he also enjoys following the collingwood football club (laughs) Uh, (laughs) so isn't it good peter rogers is not here today so (laughs) uh yes no good on you you got out of jail yesterday so well done i'm sure um, had Les been here, who's a very keen North Melbourne supporter, he would have reminded you about that had North got up. But anyway, let's give Chris a big warm welcome as he comes along to share the word this morning. Well, thank you. Thank you uh, for having me today. Um, it's funny when you, uh, when Collingwood have mentioned you, you, you lose half the audience. There are already half of you have left and gone, and so, um, so. But stay with me if you can. But um, thanks, Tim, and I'd like to thank uh, Peter and Steve, and of course uh, Joel and Laura for the invite to come. It is my privilege uh, to be here today, and um, it's always a privilege to share the word of, word of God. But I just want to thank you as a church uh, for um, for having me on board for the day, and you know, you know, we pray that um, God's word speaks into your heart. This morning, so let's pray before I before I start. Father, we just thank you for your word. Your word is life changing, and it is powerful, 
And Father, we pray that today with it would be no exception. So Lord, we, we pray that your Holy Spirit just works into every heart this morning, including mine. And, uh, and Lord, that your, uh, your words would be my words as, as they come out of my mouth. And uh, Father, we just, uh, we just give you thanks for this day. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I, uh, like I said, it, it is a privilege to, to share. And I, I, love, I love the fact that um, you, I don't know what the choice, why the choice was for, to sing Refiner's Fire. Um, but it was just a great, um, I think it was a great cross into the message that, that we have today. And, you know, God... God always works his way, but um, but I just wrote down um, it is how's that is that all right hold it in the i've got to hold the mic a certain way how's that that's great okay i'll try not to move it around too much but uh, but I wrote down on the top set apart for you, Lord. And uh, the title of my message today is His Workmanship. And, and so with the message, I hope you engage in the process. And, and, you know, it seems to be a little bit of a personal thing on how God does something in our lives and, and he does refine us. And we've got to engage in that process. And sometimes you get a message like this and you think, that you know, it's more than just about you. But, but if we are set apart for God's work and doing it his way, then the kingdom is established even greater here on earth and the kingdom is spread here on earth. So, so work, with, work with me on this one. It'd be great if you, if, you've got, if you do take notes. I encourage you to take notes. There'll be a fair bit of scripture this morning, so you can do that on your phone. Or you, novelty, you might have a pen or a bit of, bit of paper. That's the novel way of doing things these days. And, um, you know, as I, as I read the scriptures, they'll, they'll be on screen as well. But there's the other novel idea. You may actually have a Bible that you can hold and read rather than you know, rather than on, on you know, a Bible on, on your phone. But that's okay. If you've got one of those, please pull it out if you want to follow. So, so let's begin. Philippians 1 verse 6, and I'm reading this part from the Amplified Version. It says, I am convinced and confident of this very thing, and this is Paul speaking, that he who has begun a good work in you will continue to perfect and complete it until the day of Christ Jesus, the time of his return. It's an amazing scripture and it really has meant a lot to me personally in my life and um, just the process of the way God works in us. And, it, and it's interesting, a couple of things that I want to pull out of this scripture firstly is it is his work. You know, sometimes we get caught up in our lives and, and we think we strive and strive and strive um, and it's important that we, you know, we don't let things go, but it is also important to know that, it, that we are God's workmanship in Christ Jesus. So it's God's job to deal with us. It's our job to engage in the process. So just to give you a bit of a picture uh, of things and, you know, of where this, where this message is going to go, we bought a house about six years ago in Croydon. We used to live in Lilydale. We moved a little further in and uh, we did that 
um, you know, because of the age of our kids and because we wanted, um, well, we, we were hoping for a swimming pool and a bit more uh, running area for our dogs and, and the selfish side of it, I wanted a bigger shed for a couple of cars and a couple of toys to put in. So, so that was important. But one of the things is I don't know whether you anyone here has ever bought a house and, and, and there's, there's elements that you love about the house and there's elements that you want to change about the house. And so before we actually moved in, we did a bunch of painting and we polished the floorboards and uh, we, we had some interesting colours in the house so we, we changed them. We changed a few things over, over time. But um, soon after we actually moved in, there were two bedrooms uh, in our house that had built-in robes. Now, these built-in robes um, were functional, but they looked like add-ons in these particular rooms. And, uh, and I thought, when we looked at the house, I thought, uh, in time we need to change that, they need to go. Now, to explain it, the, the guy that owned the house, he was a... He was quite talented and he was, uh, he, he was a guy who built kitchens and worked with malamine and um, chipboards and all that sort of stuff. And so what he'd done is, you know, in, in, these, in these two rooms, he, he put these malamine, he'd made these malamine cupboards and put, put them in. And so when you walked in the room, it just didn't look part of the room. And, and you know, they were functional, there was no issue, but, but, but I just thought, you know, if we're going to live in this long term, I'd like to straighten that up and make it look like it's actually part of the bedroom. And so I engaged in a process of, um, of pulling them out, which was, which was a hard enough job because they were quite big and a lot of, a lot of uh, demo and, and throwing things out. Um, and at, over four months, we changed that. And in one room, there was no built-in robe. And in another room, there was this big, ugly malamine one and so so I wanted to put two built-in robes that looked as part of the house. So I want to give you a picture and draw some parallels today regarding how God our Father works in us and how much we are prepared to allow him to grow and change us. There's elements of our lives and if we look at our lives like a house there's elements of our lives that we need to deal with and possibly need changing and are we going to allow God to deal with those things that may be add-ons that aren't meant to be there and to allow God to put the right things in place that are part of his plan and purpose for our lives. So I have five observations in this process and, I, and we've got a bit of a video to watch of the skit guys which is fantastic in, in a help for this but um, We'll, we'll, we'll do four of these points and four, four of these observations first. So the first one is design. And in recognition of change, I set out to plan, to draw and to design how this would take place, how this process would take place. And so I had to have a bit of a think about it. Now, God created and designed us in a certain way. And it's important to understand this. Believe this and be thankful to our designer for his creation. And this will certainly help with the stress of the process if we understand that God has designed us a certain way. There are things that we don't like about ourselves and, uh, you know, 
that's you know as we you know I guess as some people get older they still don't like things about ourselves but it's important to understand um, that some of those things are part of who we are and some of those things need to be changed in Hebrews 3 uh, verse 4 it says for every house is built by someone but the builder of all things is God and in John 1 verse 3 it says all things were made and came thing again yes i have sorry about that all things were made and came into existence through him and without him not even one thing was made that is coming to being you are god's creation if you are sitting in this room today genesis 1:27 so god created man in his own image in the image and likeness of god he created him male and female he created them Could be a controversial scripture in today's world, couldn't it? Psalm 139, 14 to 16 says this. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. And this is a New Living Translation. Your workmanship is marvellous. Your workmanship is marvellous. How well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. Like the rooms with the add-on and the add-on cupboards, we all in different ways and at different times shift away from God's plan and design. Now it could be because of our upbringing. It could be because of what society tells us. Education, for instance, I'm sure not everything that we hear at school or university is going to be what God's way of doing things. It could be because of choices that we've made in our lives, the people we associate with, or maybe it could be even something like we've been abused by someone or at some point in our lives. All of us at some come to a point of change as we're called and challenged by God to to follow his design how often we go the way we want to go and then blame God when it all goes pear-shaped now just a little bit of an outline and I know there was um, Tim gave a little bit of history on myself I'm uh, I'm I'm married uh, to Claudia and I have three boys, um, Joshua, Caleb and Lucas, and they're um, 19, 18 and 15. And if you have any teenagers in your house, um, we have some challenges. And uh, that's just the way life goes, especially when you've got three teenagers and even more especially when there's three boys. Now, you know, that's where my story is now, but... My story hasn't always been that way and uh, my dad uh, was a pastor. He passed away last year and, uh, and I grew up in a Christian home but there was a time where I decided I wanted to go my own way and, and through, because of through that um, there were some challenges that I needed to face in my life and um, looking back, like looking back, wisdom is often a... A powerful thing and when I look back 
And I think there was some pain that I've had to deal with in my life and some things that I've had to deal with. And a lot of that was because of decisions that I made in the process to go, God, I'm not so sure about your way. I might just do it my way. Now, whether you're sitting in church or whether you're out of church, um, sitting in a, in a church doesn't automatically make you change. But it's, but it's actually having a relationship with Jesus Christ that actually changes us because he won't let us sit still. He won't let us stay in the same place that we've always been. And so for me, um, once I started to engage in the process, it invoked a little bit of pain in, in places, but the pain was good pain. And, um, and, it, and it's really made a massive change over years in my life. It doesn't happen overnight. I know, you know, our decisions can change overnight, but it's us engaging in the process of how much are we prepared to allow God to change us. So that was the first thing. The first thing was design. The second one is frame. Now, our house was built in the late 60s, early 70s, and um, there's not that there's much timber being used these days, but when I began to... um, once I designed and realised that I had to build a frame in and I had to attach it to the old frame for these cupboards, for these uh, built-in robes, it was quite difficult to work with. And it did take... And I'm doing the wrong thing here again. Thanks. But I remember I remember, I, I, I had to put a, um, like a starting plate on the wall, a timber starting plate, and, and I started to manually nail some nails in to the wall and and it was hardwood that was on the other side of the wall and the nails after I'd put three in and bent them sideways and I'm actually I know you might sit there and think well I've nailed nails and they're not hard to get that in but it was was hard work it was hard work getting these nails in and 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 I just remember um, nails just going sideways and sideways which gave me a good excuse because of the place that I work at to walk down a bike at that stage by a compressor and a nail gun which I can tell you made life a whole lot easier to putting this thing together but it was quite tough to actually you know start this frame process and to nail into the existing building because the existing building had been there for a long time and it was hard now at times Allowing God to change us is hard. And so with this thought of the frame, I just want to throw some thoughts out the way people think and the way we think at times. It's been this way for so long. That's the way it's been for so long. So why bother changing it? And people say why bother changing it even if it's killing them they won't change you might be angry you might be overworked you might be addicted you might be stressed you might be reactionary you might be feeling trapped you might be feeling unloved and you might be feeling hurt sometimes those things are a hardness in our heart and two paralyzed parallels that I noted with the hard frame are number one a hard heart and the second thing was pride now both of these speak of disappointment 
disappointment after disappointment, doing untold damage, leading to, if that's how God works, I'm not buying into it. I'll just do it my way. In Exodus, Pharaoh had a hard heart when Moses requested freedom for the captives. He hardened his heart. The first five times he hardened his heart. Plague after plague and he still continued. He still continued to harden his heart when God said, if you continue this way, this is what's going to happen. And if we, if we think of pride in our heart, Jesus said this in Matthew 13, verses 10 to 16. This is really interesting. His disciples came to him and asked him, why do you use parables when you talk to people? Jesus said, he replied, you are permitted to understand the secrets of a kingdom of the kingdom of heaven, but others are not. To those who listen, and I underlined this on my page, to those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given and they will have an abundance of knowledge. But for those who are not listening, even what little understanding they have will be taken away from them. That is why I use these parables, Jesus said. For they look, but they don't really see. They hear, but they don't really listen or understand. And in 14 it says, This fulfills the prophecy of Isaiah that says, When you hear what I say, you will not understand. When you see what I do, you will not comprehend. For the hearts of these people are hardened, and their ears cannot hear, and they have closed their eyes So their eyes cannot see and their ears cannot hear and their hearts cannot understand and they cannot turn to me and let me... Now let me see what Jesus says here. They cannot turn to me and let me... It's not for them to fix it, but let me heal them. Jesus says they won't let me heal them. And in 16, and this is the awesome thing, and it says, but blessed are your eyes because they see... Your ears because they hear. Is God speaking to you today? Is he trying to bring change to you? Are you listening? Do you have a hard heart? Do you think you know better than God? Are you prepared to engage in his process? It's his work. He's begun it. And he's faithful to complete it. The opposite of a hard heart and pride is a soft heart and humility. It's unfortunate that it takes coming to the end of ourselves before we come to that point. And the Bible says that he resists the proud and he gives grace to the humble. Now, with that scripture, I don't think that's God resisting us. I think that's us resisting God. He can't work with us if we're not prepared to work with him. So the third thing is sanding. After the plaster, cornice, filling, and then time for the sanding. Never so much dust in my life. I I decided that after that day I was never going to be a plasterer. Sand, yes, I hear that. I see that hand. Sand, fill, sand, fill. New, not so bad, but blending in the old with the new takes some time. 
So our old habits in with what God is asking of us, that takes some time. The process of change is sometimes two steps forward and one step back. And the thinking, it's all going well until you hit another hurdle can be frustrating. Nearly every time the finishing part in a project is the easiest. And I can tell you by experience that very few want to go through the preparation. I work at Bunnings in the paint area. And, and it's really interesting. It's very interesting. So I'm, so I'm painting a door. And I said, is it new door? No, it's not a new door. It's been previously painted. Um, and it's like they're little kindergarten kids. Do I have to sand it? Do I really have to sand it? Yes, you do. There's a process involved in order for the next part to stick. The hard yards, the facing up to reality, answering the hard questions. But it's so rare to be able to cut corners on a project or in life and get away with it. Almost never. And just in case you're wondering, God loves you too much. God loves all of us too much to allow the cutting of corners. He is more concerned about the finished product, not the short term. Now, Peter found this out, and I want to quickly just go through this. I don't want to spend too much time on it because I'm, I'm conscious of time. But um, in Matthew 16, um, you know, when Jesus came to the re- region of Caesar Philippi, he asked his disciples, who people say the Son of Man is? Now, Peter, Peter, Peter says, you're the Messiah, the Son of God. And Jesus says, wow, Peter, that's amazing. You know, you're incredible. Uh, you didn't learn this from any human being. Um, you know, and, uh, you know, and it says, now, now I say to you that Peter, which means rock, and upon this rock I will build my church and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. Now, Peter thought he'd made it at that point. And, um, and, he, and you know, Peter, Peter then gets into this space where, where Jesus says he's got to go through the process of, of dying. And, and Peter says, no, Jesus, there's no way. And then, you know, after he's encouraged Peter, you know, Jesus, Jesus says, after he said, no, no, you don't have to go through that, Jesus says, get behind me, Satan. So, so Peter has called... That Jesus has called Peter Satan. He said, get behind me, Satan. And so here's this process of refining with Peter. And then if we know Peter's story, um, you know, Peter goes through this process was where he's sitting outside the courtyard. And Jesus had told him that he was going to deny him three times. And then, then he denies Jesus three times in the space of minutes. Now, Peter was devastated. And, uh, and, and this is all part of the refining process that Peter went through. And, uh, and, you know, Peter went through a couple of very gritty bits of paper through that process that Jesus was taking him through. And I think that's like that for all of us. You know, Peter ended up, some of the stuff that, that Peter ended up doing was incredible. And so I just want to move on to the finishing process before we, before we watch this, this video. Number four, finishing. The imperfections often don't show up. The imperfections in the finish don't show up unless you shine a light on them. It's great when God shines a light on our stuff in our lives, isn't it? It's just so much fun. It's great. Thanks, God. That's awesome. Just put us under a bit of pressure and then it's really good. 
So up unless you shine a light on them or until the final finish goes on. Ask a panel beater this. And if it's not right, you've got to go back to the preparation process. So like I said, a couple of steps backwards. But, but in that, don't be discouraged because look at Peter now further on in Acts. After Jesus has died, so Peter's actually seen Jesus died after he said he couldn't do that. And, and it says in Acts 4, they brought in two disciples and demanded, by what power or in whose name have, have you done this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers and elders of our people, are we being questioned today because we've done a good deed for a crippled man? Do you want to know how he was healed? Let me clearly state to all of you and to all of the people of Israel that he was healed by the powerful name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, the man you crucified but whom God raised from the dead. For Jesus is the one referred to in the scripture where it says, no stone that you builders rejected, the stone the builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. There is salvation in no one else. God has given no other name under in heaven by which we must be saved. The members of the council were amazed when they saw that the boldness of Peter and John, for they could not see that they were ordinary men with no special training in the scriptures. The process for Peter was a lot of sanding and dealing with stuff, but we start to see a bit of the finished product and some of the, you know, Peter, you know, Peter, what, the, the church was built on the back of Peter and just an incredible story of how that happens and that can be for each one of us. We can get caught in the disappointments and the stuff that we're going through or we can allow God to refine us. If we can watch that, um, if we can watch that video, I'll take it probably about ten minutes, and then I'll then I'll tie up. But um, this is this is an awesome picture of how it works. Ephesians two ten says that we are God's workmanship, His masterpiece. I don't know about you, but when I get up in the morning and look in the mirror, I don't really see a a masterpiece. You know, I mean, maybe a Picasso. It's like, <laughs> but I want to be His masterpiece. I want to be everything he created me to be. And so I go to him in prayer and I say, Dear Heavenly Father, do whatever it takes to mold me into the image of your son. Make me your masterpiece. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hi. Whoa. Who are you? I'm God. You said the prayer, so here I am. You're not God. No, I am. You said the prayer. That's how it works. Okay, okay. If you're God, then uh, make it snow in here. You know what? I really don't want to make it snow in here because it'd get kind of yucky. Yeah, you're not God. Why do you say that? God wouldn't say yucky. I do. It's a Greek word. Oh. Okay, okay. Um, if you're God, what does Lamentations 15.9 say? Lamentations is only five chapters. It's a very short book. Oh. Why was it so short? I was tired of lamenting. Oh. Okay, okay. If you're God, who's going to win the World Series this year? I'm really not into playing games. Why are you so much into playing games? You are God. Well, gave it away. You answered my question with a question. I did? <sighs> yeah, I do that, don't I? I did it again. <laughs> Step right up, here we go. Okay. All right. Hey, what are we doing? I'm gonna make you my original masterpiece. This is the process. Oh, okay, got it. Yeah. Wait, wait, what are these about? These are the tools I'm gonna use to make you into my original masterpiece. Okay. Yeah. Hang on. Yeah. I thought you were a carpenter. That's my son. Step right up, here we go. Okay. Oh, hey, God. Mm -hmm. 
How do you know what to chisel away and what to leave? I take out everything in your life that doesn't belong there, kind of like dead weight. Ooh, speaking of dead weight, could you chisel right here? It showed up when I was in my 20s and grew around and became back fat. I don't even know why you created that, but I can't get rid of it. I mean, I've tried everything. Like, I tried running, I tried lifting weights. My wife actually talked me into trying Pilates. That was awkward, but I can't get rid of it. So if you would just chisel around here, and then, you know what, if you chisel a line right here and maybe four to five, maybe eight lines right here. That would be awesome. You're funny. You made me that way. I also made the platypus. With the platypus? All I'm saying is most of my children, when it comes to this process, they just want to talk, but they don't want to do the work. So do you want to talk or can I chisel? Talk, chisel, No, talk, no, chisel. no, 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 no. I choose to chisel. All right. Through my Holy Spirit, I'm going to bring up things in your life that I want you to work on. Like your anger. I created the emotion, but you use it in the wrong way. Um, you compare yourself to others instead of me. You tell little white lies because you want to people please. You're lazy. But you try to fool everybody by looking really, really busy. You have a problem with lust? Well, time out. <laughs> I don't really have a problem with lust. You don't have a problem with lust. No, I can do it anytime I want. <sighs> Hang on a second. I mean, I, I got to admit, I, mean, I feel like you've been doing some great work and I'm looking pretty good right now. All right, when you look in the mirror, who do you see? I see me. Okay, then I need to keep chiseling away because ultimately you and other people need to see my son. Okay, don't misunderstand me. It's just um, when I look more like Jesus, people get uncomfortable around me. I mean, even my church friends, and they're like, oh, you're holier than thou, you know? And, and I, don't, I don't think I'm supposed to make people uncomfortable. So what you're saying is you'd rather play God in certain areas of your life than for me to be God over your whole life. That is not what I said. It's what you meant. Yes, it is. Um, it's hard to talk to you. You know everything that I'm thinking. I'm just saying you've done some great work. Maybe we take a break, a sabbatical from each other, you know. I'll stay right here and then, you That's know. That's just it. You never just stay right there. You're either moving toward me or away from me, but never you just stay. What you're doing is called control. Do you want to control things in your life or can I chisel? Control, chisel, control, no, chisel. No, chisel, chisel. All right. But can we chisel where I want? That's called control. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. Now this right here, this secret sin that you keep running to whenever you're hurting, angry, lonely, tired, that you think you're fooling everybody, but it's making you a whitewashed tomb. Are you ready for me to chisel this out of your life? Yeah. See, it's a process. It's not a sprint. It's a marathon. It's your whole life. And you care so deeply about what other people think of you. It's rubbish. It's garbage. The greatest thing you're ever going to hear is at the end of your life when you hear me say, well done, good and faithful servant. That's what you keep your eye on. That's the prize. Heavenward. Oh, that hurts. Oh, trust me. This hurts me more than it hurts you. Right. Okay. I'm sorry. I just, I don't think you understand this pain. Pardon me? You're asking me to sacrifice a lot, God. Don't. Talk to me about sacrifice. I know all about sacrifice. I sent my son to die on the cross for pain, for sin, but I also did it for another reason, to give you freedom. Do you know what insanity is? Insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over again, expecting different results. And there are things that you've been doing for years, these empty 
wells that don't have anything to offer. You've been going to them and it's insane. Allow me to chisel them out of your life. Um, allow me to produce character where you keep focusing so much on your image. Okay, but I was thinking. Your thoughts are not my thoughts. Okay, but if we went another way. Your ways are not oh, my ways. I can't. You can't what? I, I, I can't be good. That's your excuse. That's your excuse is that you can't be good. It's not an excuse. I can't. Oh, my child. In the beginning, I said it was good. I made you good. Be good. Yeah, but you and I both... What? Nothing. No, what is it? Nothing, okay? You wouldn't understand. I, God of all the universe, wouldn't understand something one of my children has to say. Try me. It's just, um... I let you down so many times, God. No, my child. You were never holding me up. I hold you up with my victorious, righteous right hand. Never the other way around. In this relationship, I hold you up. Okay. And chisel away. But just, just be prepared for what you're going to find in there. Because I know who's inside there. Because I get up every morning and I look at him in the mirror and I hate who I see. Because deep inside there, this, this, this little kid who gets up every morning and dresses like an adult. And I go out and I, and I try to do what I'm supposed to do, but I can't, okay? I can't be who everybody else expects me to be. God, I can't even be who I wanna be, much less who you created me to be. And so inside is this scared, stupid little kid but you chisel away. Just be prepared. You have listened to so many voices for far too long that were not for me. And you have totally bought into the lie, haven't you? You think you're junk, don't you? When you lay your head down at night after you've done the dance to get the hug, you think you're junk. Listen to me. I don't take time to make junk. How can I show you that my love for you stretches as far as the east to the west? That How can I show you that my love for you has no end? I know. Reach in your back pocket. What? Reach in your back pocket. Why? Are you arguing with me? Reach in your back pocket. Oh, God. Yes? I just meant, God, I'll do that right now. You're just saying my name in vain. Come on. It's, it's a name. It's a saying. It's a name above all names. It's more than a saying. It's more than a name. I want to teach you something about my name. Reach in your back pocket. Oh my gosh. You know what that is? Yeah, it's a, uh, it's a note. I, I wrote it when I was in college. How did you get this? Hello? Oh yeah. Go ahead, read it. I love Angie. Other side. Sorry. Dear God, did I hear you right today? Did I hear you say that you love me? Even though you and I both know I've messed up so many times. Did I hear you say you want to use me? And I feel so useless. If you'll take me, 
and use me then. God, I give you all that I am. Take me. I love you, God. I love you too. And I love you too much just to leave you where you're at. This salvation that you hold, I don't want it to be some sentimental gush or some head knowledge. I want you to work it out in every detail of your life. And when problems come and chaos happens, don't look at it as a, as a prison, but look at it as a father disciplines his child. A father disciplines the ones he loves. I know, but it's going to be tough. Yes, but you bought into the lie thinking everything was going to be easy when you gave everything over to me. There will be trouble in this world, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. I want you to do something. I want you to look out there and I want you to say, Tommy is God's original masterpiece. Tommy is God's... No, not the way you see yourself or you try so desperately for others to see you, but maybe for the first time in your life, the way I see you, the way I created you. Tommy is God's original masterpiece. Yes, you are. And so are you. God doesn't make junk. You are an original masterpiece. Just want to finish with the fifth thing that I had, and um, I know it sounds really deep, but it's stuff. Uh, picture, if I can put a picture up of the nearly finished, um, the nearly finished product, and is, is it up there? Just when you get a sec. There we go. Great. So that's a picture of the nearly finished product. And as you can see, some things need to be sorted and removed that were from the old cupboard. Sometimes you've just got, got to get rid of some stuff. 1 Corinthians 5, 6, do you know that just a little leaven ferments the whole batch? And it says in brackets, the batch of dough, just as a little sin corrupts a person or an entire church. In Ephesians 4, 20 to 24, it says, but... That isn't what you learned about Jesus Christ. Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Like this is the crisp part daily. Um, in 24, put on your new nature created, by, crea created to be like God, truly righteous, and holy. Don't fill your cupboard with other people's stuff. Um, what they think of you, by comparing yourself to others, let God do his process in you and continue to engage in the process. And it says, Galatians 6, 4 to 5, it says, pay careful attention to your own work, for then you will get the satisfaction of a job well done. And you won't need to compare yourself to anyone else. Dangerous place comparing yourself to someone else. For we are each responsible for our own conduct. So four things as we close. 
we're all in different we're all in different places in the process, and that's why it's important not to compare ourselves one to another. You know, I, I thought of that. I thought of that hardness part where we're talking about the hard frame. I've seen four. To, I've seen like because I used to be a youth pastor before I got grey hair. Um, I used to be a youth pastor, and and I'd see I see sixteen year olds with a hard heart, and I've seen seventy year olds with a hard heart. It's got nothing to do with age. It's got to do with where you're at. So it's important to know that we're all at different places in the process. It's engaging in the process. And as we saw by adequately put in that video, um, you know, it's just so important that, you know, there are areas that hurt when God deals with. But firstly, humility is so important that it's not our way of doing things, but it's God's way. And we humbly let God give grace to us in the process. Secondly, we need to rest in the process as well and not get so head up that we think that well, this has got to happen, you know, very, very quickly. We need to rest and let God do it. Remember, it's his work, not our work. It's his work. And we need to take time out to allow him to do it. If we keep being in the rush and busyness of life, then we, we've, we'll, we'll just continue in the same cycle. The third thing is that we need to listen. We need to listen to what God's got to say and, um, you know, that, that listen and obey. Not just listening, but listen and obey. And the fourth thing, the Holy Spirit has been sent to us by God. The Holy Spirit is one of the Trinity. Okay. Jesus said, I'm going to send you a helper. All right. And the Holy Spirit can be with each, well, is, should be with each one of you. If you're a Christian here, you should have the Holy Spirit to help you, to guide you every step of the way. Sometimes we let our voices be louder in our head than the Holy Spirit's. And, you know, our conscience is really important. The Bible talks about our conscience can go to sleep. If we continue to, to ignore the voice of the Holy Spirit, it'll get quieter. But if we allow the Holy Spirit to speak into our lives, he can make changes that we can't make on our own and in our own strength. So I just want to finish today with that thought set apart for you, Lord. And that's the thing I wrote down from your worship today, refiner's fire. I want to be set apart for you, Lord. And so I would like, uh, we're not going to have an altar call, but I just want to say this. Hello, I'm back on. We've had a bit over an hour today. We don't get a lot of time to do this stuff and it's not enough time to allow the process to happen. We can allow the process to start today. But when we come into a church and when we come in with other people, it's time to do business with God. And if he's spoken to you today, if that video has spoken to you, if what I've said has spoken to you, that's because the Holy Spirit is speaking and saying, I want to make changes in your life. Today is a great day to make decisions. Tomorrow is the day to outwork those decisions. Now, whether you need to get accountability with someone, whether you need to have a process of, you know, Having starting a quiet time, getting into relationship with God again. Today is the beginning of the process. Tomorrow, it outworks. 
and it outworks every day. And you know what? There will be days, and who can attest to this, where it'll be two steps backwards and one step forward. We can all attest to that, but it doesn't mean we don't engage in the process. Remember John 10.10, I've come that you might have life to the full. And that's the process that Jesus wants to engage in. All right, if I can get everyone to close your eyes. If, if this is spoken to you today, and I, I'm really specific, if you know that you need to engage in a process with God, I'm not going to call you forward. I just want you to acknowledge it and that you will outwork what God has begun in your hearts. If that's you today, I just want you to quickly raise your hand where, just where you are. Good on you, good on you, good on you. That is awesome. Father, I just thank you for your word, that it is life-changing. And Father, that you've spoken to me and you've spoken to everyone here. And Lord, I pray that your power, the power of your Holy Spirit would be on each person to outwork that process. And it could be every single start of the process could be different from another, but the, but the next part of the process may not be as painful. But Father, I pray that you would strengthen each person, their resolve today to outwork the process. Whether they need accountability, whether they, you know, whether it's just getting back into your word, whether it's getting into a group, whatever it is, Father, I pray that you would help each other not to lose heart and not to get disappointed um, and, 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 and move forward in the process. But let your power be upon every person. And we just thank you for what you've done today and for what you're going to do. And we pray these things in the mighty and powerful name of Jesus. And everyone said, Amen. Amen.